Good morning to you. The text you've heard is about a man by the name of Zacchaeus, a rich man, a publican, one who misused his own people and extracted taxes from, from each one of them as he wished, two for me, one for the Roman government. And he did this consistently to the point where he became very, very rich. But something happened to Zacchaeus along the way as Jesus walked through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. Now it's obvious to me that Zacchaeus had some experience. He had heard much in terms of rumors about this great king of the Jews. He had heard about the raising of Lazarus. He knew a lot about the healings, making the dumb to speak and the blind to see. But there was something else peculiar about him. He was up a tree. And in my understanding of being up a tree, he was in a very difficult, precarious position. He wanted to see Jesus. Now this leads me to believe that somewhere along the line, even in his training in the Midrash of the Torah, he had become very familiar with what he should have been doing. Maybe in a very far-flung way, he had had some form of bar mitzvah. He was a publican, tax collector, but he was a Jew all the same time, and he wanted to know. He wanted to see Jesus, so he had to get up the tree, this sycamore tree, because he was a short character, a statue. It reminds me of 1962. When I was just about nine months out of the seminary at my first charge at Concordia, New Orleans, there was a man there whose name I shall not mention, but we'll call him Charlie. Charlie knew nothing about Jesus. He knew nothing about the church. He wanted to have nothing whatsoever to do with the church. He wasn't a seeker. In other words, out of his mouth came profane language, blasphemies. That's the way he was. He was a man who was despised in the community because nobody really trusted him. He was vicious, vile, rough. But his family belonged to Concordia, where I was. And they were very faithful members. They tried all they could to excite him about the the church and to invite him to the church, but he refused to come. One day, while lifting the piano with some other men, he, he suffered a very traumatic experience. The piano fell on his leg and crushed it. And he was confined to bed for quite a while. 
Since no one wanted to have anything to do with him, I continued to pray for him, even though out of his mouth came cases of the clergy, cases of the church. I continued to lift him up in prayer to God. One day he sent one of his children around to the place where I stayed and with the message, Daddy wants to see you. I wasn't too excited about that invitation. With the reputation that he had, I wondered what was going on. And I had on my clergy collar, and I wish I had two at that point. But trembling, I went around to his house, and you know when you get to the door, you, you peck on it, and they're like you, you're real interested, but your mind is there, but your heart isn't. You don't really want anyone to answer the door. So I pecked once, softly, twice, and began to move away. All of a sudden, the door swung wide open, and my heart was in my stomach. And surrounding his bed was his whole family and some members of Concordia Church. And before I could say anything, he said, Pastor, a very reverent word that he was unused to. Pastor, can I be baptized? Oh, I felt like the angels of God had descended upon me. I regained my composure. And I said rapidly, yes, you may be baptized. Well, to make a long story short, I did baptize him that day. And I talked to him about what Jesus meant. I talked to him about the glory of being a part of his kingdom. I talked to him about being a member of the church. I talked about him, to him about leaving the streets alone and this rough way of living, his respect and dignity for his family. I talked to him about all those things. Unfortunately, he only made it to church twice before he died. And when I was on vacation, I came back because I had not to have to preach to him anymore, but I had to preach to those who, like him, had despised the church and disrespected it and had nothing whatsoever to do for God. And there at that funeral was many of those people. And they were kind of sad about the situation. Our friend is gone. I say, yes, he's gone. But God has something for you. He was up a tree. He was. I don't know what he would have done had he gone on any longer. That was my first real experience. And I want to say to the seminarians and to the students who are in the EITT program, in your ministry, you're going to come across someone somewhere whom you least expect is going to be up a tree. They're going to need your help. They're going to need the direction. Yes, they're going to need the law. They're going to need to know that they are sinners and that they are inherited sin, uh, uh, original sin, and these sins that they do, they, they're going to have to be reminded of those things and told that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. 
and remind them of David, who was a rough character himself. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. They're going to have to know that. They're going to have to be confronted with people in the suburbs as well as the hood, the inner city. These are going to be people who are polished and those who are unpolished. They're going to be people who have never heard anything about Jesus and those who know a little about him. Students, you, you who are in the special program, know this. In your ministry, you're going to be confronted with a little bit of everything. Don't be surprised that these things will happen because in 51 years of ministry now, I've learned to understand that there are many experiences yet to come where people need to know. But when knowing the law, they will have to know the gospel. Jesus came upon this man, Zacchaeus, up a tree, and he said, come on down. Come on down. Today's salvation has come to your house. He had to know something because he said, I'm going to give up all that I had way beyond the Judaic law, way beyond that. I'm going to give half of this, half of that. I'm going to give it back if I've done anything wrong to anyone. He was going to make a change in his life. The gospel comes so sweetly because this Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to die for his sins and for the sins of the whole world. Jesus was going the way of the Via Dolorosa to give himself as a sacrifice in order that not only Zacchaeus, but that every man, woman, and child who is yet to live will know that he's King of kings and Lord of lords. These people are going to know that no matter what you have done, no matter who you are, Jesus is ready and willing to save. Jesus called Zacchaeus down from the tree in order that he may lift him up to heaven. He called him down in order that he may be a visitor with him in his home. What a grand and noble task. Zacchaeus, up a tree. May God grant that your ministries, wherever they may be, may be involved in bringing people good news in the midst of their sorrows, in their woes, in their disappointments. May God continue to lead you and direct you, no matter whether it's in that hood. By hood, I mean the urban areas of our cities, or whether it's in the boondocks, wherever it happens to be, but that you may lead them to know that the Lord cares, that he didn't go to that cross for nothing. He went there that each man, woman, and child may experience the joy of being a part of his kingdom. Today, salvation has come to that house. Oh, there's a, one other note. From that man, Charlie, that we call him, came others who were hard, street hardened, who lived the same kind of life. Many of them became members of Concordia before I left. 
I don't know what happened to them subsequently, but I do know this. There is always a Zacchaeus in your life. God bless you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding. Keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>